Hey, this is Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. Did you know that Drift is part of the just 2% of VC-backed startups led by Latin American founders? Well, I am aiming to change that. I want to highlight stories of underrepresented leaders and help change the face of corporate America. Once a month, you'll hear inspiring stories from other underrepresented leaders as we work to build our own American dream. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you get the new episodes when they drop. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at EliasT and subscribe to get quarterly updates at drift.com slash American dash dream. Y tenemos aquí a Alexandra Paredes Hola. igual. Uh, dime un poquito de ti, dime un poquito de ti también y para que la gente te conozca. Y dinos algo y empezamos a hablar un poquito de la, del tema que tenemos hoy. Um, so, my name is Ale Paredes. Uh, well, es Alexandra, but everyone calls me Ale. Uh, I grew up in Venezuela. I studied computer science there. And six years ago, I moved to the U.S. And now I'm in New York, working as a VP of engineering at Code Climate. And also working with Tatiana and uh, our team at Latinas in Tech uh, to grow our Latinas in Tech community in New York City. Yeah. Felicidades. Congratulations. Amazing. Tenera, you know, we have a, a woman engineer and a vice president of engineer of a tech company in New York City. Yeah. Um, Venezuela. Very, very proud of you. What about you, Tatiana? Well, thank you so much for having Latinas in Tech here at Drift. Yeah. Um, we're super excited for this opportunity and to talk to the audience too about something so important, which is being Latinx in tech. And just very briefly about me, uh, born in New York, raised in Caracas, Venezuela. Woo! Believe it or not, Ali and I grew up like 10 minutes apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. But, But we, we only met. Conocía, huh? No. no. Yeah, yeah. But it was meant to be, you know? It was meant to be. Meant to be. We, we have Angela, like, Colombiana. We have uh, Gonzalo, Venezolano. Estamos todos Latinos aquí. Yeah. And basically, I am a management consultant at a firm called Booz Allen Hamilton. But my passion is really health tech and also working with Latinas in tech as part of the board of the New York City chapter and building community. There's so much to do, and uh, we're really excited to talk about that. Yeah, no, we are definitely very passionate. I think something, a commitment that we made at Drift to use David and I, right, uh, our, our heritage, our backgrounds, and to really help the Latino community, right, the Latinx community in tech mm -hmm. to be able to grow, promote it, right, and create opportunities for us to um, succeed uh, in higher numbers than it is today. Mm -hmm. Today, we want to talk about three different things. We want to talk about things like the idea is to, we have gotten feedback and saying like, What can we do to help our, our people, our Latinx community in tech? And one of the things that everybody struggles with is the, the bias, the cultural bias in hiring, right? And so, like, wh what do you think? Who, who wants to tell me a story? Who wants to tell me what is the problem here, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think uh, there are many problems. Uh, I can speak from, like, my personal experience. Uh, I think one of the most challenging things for me Uh, moving from Venezuela to the U.S. was realizing that as soon as I got into an interview and the recruiter realized that I was a woman and that uh, English was not my first language, the, the tone of the call immediately changed. Mm. Uh, and it was like a great learning experience for me because it made me realize like I don't want to work on a company that, you know, reacts that, this way, right? Like if the recruiter is reacting this way, that means that the biases are like spread out across the company. Uh, but it's also like very hard to like experience that when 
um, you know, you are like doing your best, you practice for these interviews, like you put so much effort and some, some companies don't realize like, hey, I am not doing my part in making the candidates feel comfortable or welcome. Uh, so, yeah. How do we, how do we fix that? How do we fix that? I mean, I think. Uh, how, do help, how do we help uh, us that we're experiencing that maybe when we go into a meeting? How do we, how can we, what advice can we give people? I think something, particularly on my role right now, that uh, we have, I have put a lot of effort in my team, and uh, I'm very lucky that I have, uh, you know, a team that is super receptive to this feedback and like wants to do better is uh, basically coaching everyone, right? Like, we, Candidates come from very different backgrounds. They may feel comfortable or uncomfortable with certain behaviors, and we need to be aware of those behaviors and try to change them, right? Like, that's how, uh, kind of like, how can you drive change? And it's easier when the change is coming from uh, from the top because then the message is across the company that that's normal, right? You think it's easier? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a lot of effort. This is really hard. This yes. is a problem that one unconscious bias training, one hour of training is not going to solve how people grow up and yeah. what prejudice they might have towards someone that is different than them. Yeah, right? I think it's consistency. Something that I talk a lot and I'm like very conscious of is like the way I speak and the way I expect others to communicate. So I'm constantly like sending the same message. I am constantly providing that feedback. And even when we're in tech and, you know, engineering may feel like uh, it doesn't require to talk a lot about feelings or like just be mindful about the words I use. I, uh, I try to bring a lot of humanity into like what we're doing, right? Because right. engineers, like building a thing is like full of humans. So being mindful of the, the words, the way you speak is pretty important. Yeah, and um, you know, I agree with Ale. There's so many things when you talk about cultural and gender bias, and there's so many biases, right? I know we're talking about being Latinx in tech, but what about being LGBTQ, being, you know, uh, being a woman, being African-American, being, uh, you know, having a disability. You know, we're kind of in this interesting role where we're championing, not just for us, but so many different people who are not part of the majority, right? And so I always, my, you know, recommendation or suggestion to you is, you know, prepare yourself as much as you can because nothing can take away from your strengths. If you have skills that are, you know, if you have data analytics or if you're great at coding or, you know, if you're an amazing designer, you're preparing yourself to be a professional. Nothing is going to take away from that, right. right? So you can go into that interview with confidence and say, I've done this, I've built that, look at my portfolio. That's how you counteract that because there is a different expectation that we're not up to snuff. Yeah. But you're going to go out there and shine and be the best you can be by preparing yourself. I'm so much better than being here by myself, you know, talking <laughs> to the camera. So thank you for being here. I think I, I think that we thank you for having us. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's, I I feel like what one of the things that that uh, Latinos Latinas we share right is this this immigrant journey, right? It might not be first generation, it might be second, but it's like we we have that mentality that we that we expect hardship. Mm-hmm. 
we come here, I came here. I, I wasn't expecting like, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to welcome me. Um, they're going to give me a master's program. They're going to have <laughs> me an apartment and a house and a car. Here's your car keys. Okay. I didn't have anything. So when I came here, I expected nothing. Right. Uh, and so I think that that mentality is sometimes I call it the rebel, you know, nature in us is that what we have to lean on and keep fighting to overcome that stuff, right? Preparation, keep trying, yeah. don't give up. Uh, and, and I think that this is a very interesting time in, in America because people are concerned, right? People are finally starting to bring those those stats, those diversity stats into it. And, and those are not the solution, but that's the place where we can start, right? Yeah. If a company has a goal, then we work on those numbers, starts from the leadership, and then we can use that to our advantage to get a shot. To get to get a, a, our foot in the door mm -hmm. and, and 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 prove to people that we that we can do the same as anybody else. But I think that another thing you just brought in is like a segue into the second one, which is how do you break through? How about if you find a mentor? Yeah. What if you find I, a there, coach? There is something that I uh, a quote uh, from I forget who. I'm sorry, but um, that basically says something like uh, diversity is getting people into the dance, inviting people into the party, but like making people free and include and belong is making sure that everyone can dance. And uh, I think uh, definitely that, that's like, for me uh, personally, was, that was one of the biggest challenges. Like, uh, you know, I'm super grateful, like on the current opportunity that I had, I joined Co-Climber as a senior software engineer and I have been able to grow so much. And it's thanks to the support, right, of my manager, you know, bringing, helping me with coaching and all of these different things. But at the same time, uh, it's hard to find mentors that are that are coming with the same background or with similar backgrounds. I can understand kind of like not only what I want to be as a, you know, technical engineering leader, but also other expectations of my life. Like, you know, I have family and for Latino, uh, for the Latino community, it's pretty common that, you know, you take care of your family, you support your mother, your, your brothers. And there are all of these other different expectations that uh, some people that are like common leaders right now may not be aware of. Even the way we, I feel like the way that I speak as a leader is often very different mm -hmm. to what is expected of leadership. So uh, I think something that uh, I learned is not to change myself because of like that expectation of what a successful leader is supposed to be and be comfortable and helping others be comfortable with who I am. Uh, but it's like hard, it's a lot of work and it's like a lot of emotional labor that you have to, to make, to kind of like change other people's minds. Yeah, I think it's a huge concern, right? Uh, and uh, I'm always like, um, how should I talk? How should I say? How should I present? Does my talk look like the one on the TED conference? Mm -hmm. and, and, <laughs> and so like I hired a speaking coach and, and David too said, you're not speaking the way you speak normally. Like yeah. we are preparing in the room, like just be normal, be yourself. We, we just have to be comfortable mm -hmm. and be who we are and, and our culture. We were having a, a discussion whether we should have a Facebook Live in the in the room or should we not be Latinos and be out go walk around drift and, and, do, and do the Facebook Live? And I was like, what's the only way we can be? Yeah, ourselves. Ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So going back to the whole mentor conversation, and one thing that I will distinguish is we've heard of mentors, and that's great. And there's also sponsors. Okay, so let's talk about that too, because yeah. oh. as you're trying to advance your career, a mentor is someone that's guiding you, that's really providing a lot of career feedback and advice and saying, 
you should talk this way or you should present things that way, right? Or your data analytics skills aren't great. Maybe you should do some training. A sponsor is someone higher up within your organization that really has the authority to provide you opportunities where you can shine and where you can show your skill set. So, you know, it depends on which company you're in. Some companies are very large, so it is hard to get those opportunities. But the mentors you can find pretty much anywhere you can find mentors. If you're a member at Latinas in Tech, you know, we have a mentorship program that we just began. It's very small or... Hopefully it grows over the years. Yeah, hopefully it grows. (laughs) Or, you know, if you're part of a professional membership association, whether it's like Women Who Code or something else, where you find like a like-minded individual who really takes upon his or herself to show you the ropes. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like a friendship, right? You start this friendship with someone who's invested in you. And, you know, I feel like mentorship opportunities sometimes flip, right? Like you may have someone who's more junior to you and you take them on and you show them the ropes and then they're doing the same as they grow with someone younger than them. So it's a nice little cycle that you see that builds on itself. Fantastic. Those two things. Cause I, I, one is that there are plenty of mentors out there. There's plenty of people that want to help. Mm-hmm. We need to take action and go find them. Yeah. So, all right. Second, if you cannot find mentors, go be a mentor. Mm-hmm. You can help someone. Yeah. You know, there's something that you've done that somebody else has not yet done that needs help with, right? So be a mentor. But I, I like the clarification of something that you think that everybody knows what a sponsor is? I don't think so. No. It's not, it's, 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 I think it's something that, that it is more recent or at least we're defining it could be more tactical now, right? Which is a sponsor is, it doesn't even, if that person is Latinx, fantastic, right? Because understand, if that person is from your same country, if it immigrated, if it, if it knows you, great. But if not, um, go find a sponsor. Yeah. Go someone that you can make an alliance with, right? That when you're in a, in, in a meeting and you're presenting an idea and you feel like every time you present something, it gets shut down, you get somebody to say, help me, yeah. right? Help me. Uh, Present my idea, support my idea, or at least give me an me. opportunity. I, I think give you the opportunity. That, that distinction between mentorship and sponsorship is critical because anyone can be a sponsor. So Alice to uh, you know Alice uh, to underrepresented communities, they can be sponsors too, right? They yeah. they have the power to change, kind of like the to create more equity uh, for yeah. everyone. You know, in enterprise sales, there's this thing I'm bringing. So like, uh, like <laughs> this is thing called the economic buyer. Right. And this is the champion. So those are terms that you Mm -hmm. use as you're navigating the sales process with the company. It says the champion has to have not just likes you and supports you. They have to have power. Yeah. Right. And the authority. So I I do. I do think that we do have to get some tighter definition of sponsorship and saying, find someone that has some power. Influence. Power is extremely important. Resources can make decisions, can can be decided on projects, on future initiatives, can put you there, can give you a shot at it. Uh, because um, that, that, that should be a strict definition because you, you want to be able to find people like that that help you. Okay. And, 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 and it's an important thing that we got to use instead of trying to do it all by ourselves. Okay. I, I, I just hear Latinx just say like, I'll figure this out on my own. Yeah. I want to make the mistakes. I get, you know. And it takes years. It you takes, don't have to reinvent the wheel. It takes too long, <laughs> yeah. right? We got to use the network, right? Yeah. 
And we ourselves can be sponsors, right? If we're in a position of authority within our own companies, you know, I'm very lucky because in my firm, we have career managers and you're supposed to touch base with them once a month. And you talk about your goals, you talk about, you know, what you're doing, your projects and how you're doing and where are the challenges? Not everybody has that. Right. And so it's like, find someone where you can really discuss, okay, these are some things that I'm stuck in. What are some suggestions? I think that's very actionable. I think everybody should really pay attention to these things, right? That we, we go to companies and we're talking about the dance being invited. We're, we're asking about being able to dance, right? Feeling mm-hmm. comfortable dancing. I'm not a good dancer, believe it or not. So uh, it's, 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 it's a I tough analogy for me. I don't want to be on the floor, but I wish. Uh, I think that what, what we're saying is that I see people, tech leavers, we join companies and then we end up leaving quietly. Mm-hmm. because we don't feel included. We yep. don't feel invited. And so we can't just be there. We, we worked so hard to get that job, mm-hmm. to overcome that interview where nobody wanted to talk to us. They, the tone changed when they heard us, when they saw us, right? And, and now you're saying we work, we got the job, and then we leave yeah. because we didn't dance, we didn't feel comfortable. And, and, and what we're saying here is you have to, in the end, if you're going to leave and then give me some feedback at the end that you left, why don't you start talking, speaking right away? Yeah. It's like, we need to have instructions. Go find a mentor in the organization. Go find a career manager. Go find a sponsor. Go look for those people. Ask people. And if somebody says no, then go to the next one and ask. And then you're going to find somebody that says, I'll help you out. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, where the community and kind of like why I feel uh, so strongly about Latinas in Tech comes in. Are you jumping into the third question? <laughs> Oh, because it's kind of overlap. Yes, yes it's overlap. Segway, segway. Good go. segue. Go. Uh, it's so important because there are like many companies that are like figuring out how to make things work. They may be small startups, but then we have like all of these large groups like Latinas in Tech, yep. Tequeria, okay. that can provide support, that can help you, that can help you feel as you are like part of something bigger. And I think, you know, everyone should join them. Everyone should be not only uh, a passive member of the community, but an active member of the community. Right. Bring your questions, bring your ideas, bring your challenges, because that's how the community gets richer. What we were planning to talk about was, sometimes I struggle, right? I have, a, I have people say, help me do this. And I'm like, how do I help? If I go have coffee with someone and people ask me, Give me the answers and solve all my problems. I need this job or give me this. How do I get promoted? How do I raise money? And I'm like, I, I don't know, right? Yeah. And I think that what we were talking about uh, when we met first over Zoom, we said it, it might not be possible to provide all the answers in one meeting in that moment in time. But belonging and being part of the community allows all of us to connect, to connect and to create those opportunities that sooner or later will help each other reach an, a new milestone, right? So, So that's the the thinking about the communities. And you just made me think also, it's like, if we don't exist, this communities, we need companies to come to you and say, how can you help us? Mm-hmm. Can you give us 10 sponsors? Can you give us 10 mentors for, for, for this, you know, people of color in our company that we don't have any? How do we help foster that? So I think that this is very important. And we're seeing that change. I mean, we're seeing a lot of companies create employee resource groups yeah. or diversity initiatives, you know, you never, you didn't see that a co- even a couple of years ago. So I think that firms and companies, orgs are 
really understanding how key it is to bring everyone to the table and have inclusivity because you know you're building better products you're providing better services you're representing your customers especially if you are um, competing on a global scale you that's going to give you the competitive edge right what role can community play in dealing with bias that's a great question i think one of the most important roles is bringing awareness uh when when companies reach out to us we usually share stats we share information you know feedback that we hear from our own community and we make all of this information available to them uh which i think is great I think another uh, part uh, where we can help a lot is kind of like expanding the candidate pool. So instead of like they go, go, go going to like the same places where they source the candidates, now they have access to our community and mm -hmm. they can bring in all of these like, you know, amazing Latinos into, into their pipeline. Yeah. And I would add, um, you're, you know, if you're a small firm, right? you have just X number of dollars for your HR budget, right? right? And so you're trying to fill, you know, Y number of slots. And so you're really thinking about how do I stretch my resources, right? So that's why a lot of firms go to the same places. But first you have to, like she said, raise awareness, think about the issue and understand that there's people with talent everywhere. And you have to, like she said, diversify your pool, but also it has to be part of your culture right. in your firm, right? You have to understand that um, you're going to be working with people from all different walks of life. It has to be kind of embedded into that fabric of your culture. Um, I think I want to bring up... Um so many things in my mind. I, I we were talking about and 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 we were. I think something that happens to Latinx a lot is that we feel we're not good enough, that we don't have the right skills, that mm -hmm. we don't have the right accent, that we don't have um, the right power or the right network or something like that. Right. So, and 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 when I when I saw this question about what role can community play, the the word that came to my mind when I heard community is the network. Mm -hmm. I, you know, very fortunate, right? I'm in this in this tech world. I have uh, companies like Sequoia. I have big law firms. I have investors. I know a lot of um, white co-founders of companies. You know what the network gives you? Do you know how many emails I get? My uh, my younger uh, son, my younger daughter is graduating. Uh, this person is here. This VC from this firm said this. The lawyer, the client, the portfolio. Yeah. You have access to all of these resources. Right? That, that are that not think, outside. That, they're not us. They're we, not out, you know, they're not outside in plain view. In plain view. It's like and it's insulated. And so it's yeah. like, and do we have that? I feel, and the reason why I say I feel lesser is like, I feel like, Latinos don't have that, right? We don't have that powerful network yeah. that is connected that we, that we, but I, that I we think need to build. What? I'm going to interrupt you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think she wants to talk. We do have the power and we do have the knowledge and we have the masses. We're, you know, how many Latinos are there in the United States? Like in we're, 2045, uh, we won't be a minority, a, minor, a numerical minority. Right. It's about, what, 70 million? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll take, yeah. So we're not harnessing the power. 
Right. Yeah. But that's, so the, that's the power of the community, right? right. Yeah. So the community is the network. If we have one person in Latinas in tech that works at Google or that works at Drift or that works at uh, Slack or Facebook or wherever, and that person is there and they need to hire people, right? That person comes and refers people from Latinas in tech. That's how you use the community. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying we got to leverage the network like people are already leveraging their networks yeah, and we I, just don't feel comfortable doing that. I, I think uh, uh, that's something that uh, when like I, I thought about Latinas in tech and like I felt the need of having Latinas in tech in part is because of what you just said. There, There is for people that grew up here, especially, you know, with like a, a good economic background, they have a network that they have so much easy access to. And then we can... You know, we can build, we, we are right now in a privileged position, right? In our roles, we have all of this knowledge, all of this experience. We can all come together and le- leverage, create that network, right? For other Latinos. And hopefully, Let's create that network then. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, I, and that's why I think like being an active member of the community is important because everyone has power. Everyone has influence right. on their own lives. So if they bring it to a community, then we're stronger just by doing Absolutely. that. And, and another thing, Angel asked another question while we're getting another right now that said, how can we use metrics, right, to fight mm-hmm. bias? And I, and I think that's, that's what I was trying to say earlier, that as companies feel more compelled to publish their stats, right, we can use those, mm-hmm. right? If um, uh, here we're saying a drift, it's not just about, we care about diversity, is that we have a number. We have a number of, of URM, we're, we're, we want to keep moving that percentage. And we and, and I, I don't even don't like percentages. I like to convert percentages into absolute numbers. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying we want to move from, you know, 1.35 I want to <laughs> move to 1.7, you know, just whatever the number is. Yeah. You say, we need to hire five people this quarter. And then I just look at that number and I say, have we hired those five people? Yeah. Where are we? In five, we hire one, zero, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? And so metrics is that that is we got to get companies, we got to get people to say we have a goal, and then attach a KPI, you know, a key performance indicator, attach a number to it, and then we can talk about it. Let's how do we drive towards that number? That'll help us than just talking about it. Yeah, and um, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't solve it. It's going to be very amorphous, and so you know, having metrics will help you get to that goal more quickly. says, I have noticed that there seems to be an unconscious bias conflict between U.S. born, U.S. raised Latinx and adult immigrant Latinx. Mm. How can we help bridge the gap between immigrants and first generation Latinx in the industry? Wow. Amazing question. Uh, Were you born here? I was born here, but I was raised in Venezuela. So Spanish is my first language, believe it or not. Habla español. <laughs> so do, you, do you think you see that? Are, are we? Is there some bias between? I'm I'm first generation immigrant too, right? So it's like, what do you think? I I think there is some bias. What's the bias? Say it. What is um, it? I don't I don't um I don't know how. I think um like for example uh there are cases where I have seen. Some people, they don't like to speak Spanish as much as they could, or they don't feel as comfortable bringing their whole self, which is not necessarily their fault, right? Um, what else would you say? I, so there's lots. Let's unpack this. I think I think there is, yes. It's, it's not just one thing. It's not just one thing, because 
you're talking about, you know, kids like me who are raised somewhere else and come here young enough to then grow up into the U.S. system. And so we're, you know, U.S.-based Latinos, right? Um, but you feel comfortable speaking English and kind of navigating in these worlds because you went to school here, yeah. right? You kind of grew up here. You understand the system. Exactly. You understand the system. But the people who come later in life, right, they've adopted their own system and now they're trying to adapt to this. It's harder to change behaviors and change, yeah. and, you know, you don't, and that would describe my mom, okay? My mom came, you know, in the late 70s to study English, um, but then it was very different for her because she was used to everything, how, you know, the social system was in Venezuela, which is very different from here. Um, and it was very, very hard because we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have these social networks as we do now. Right? So there's also that, that ageism and that age difference and generational difference. But what is the, what is the conflict, you think? Uh, how can we help it? I, I think part of, part of the conflict is that uh, being Latinx is uh, one word that tries to sum some, uh, like so many different, different, different like cultures, different ways of seeing life. Uh, and it's great that we, you know, have found like this work in common, which is being Latinx. But at the same time, we all need to be mindful that, you know, coming from Venezuela is extremely different that, I don't know, being from Puerto Rico, Republica Dominicana. And uh, we need to be more open and accepting our own differences and uh, like being able to like recognize them and celebrate them, uh, which uh, I think sometimes we try to like just be one community that is like we are all the same and that's not true we may speak the same language but culturally we are very different and i think it's also how you navigate society right so like my mom's generation they're very proud people they were you know trailblazers um you know first to go to school and my mom was first to go to school in her family uh and so coming here, you know, I don't want help. Right. I'm going to do it by myself. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're telling you that you yeah. need to connect with the community so that we can provide you the resources so you can get to your goals faster. That's how you're going to do it. I was speaking with, um, where I think it's a very powerful individual and where I was telling sharing with this person about my background and my passion and, and really, um, you know, sometimes people are like, why, why are Asians or why not Indians and, and underrepresented minorities or people of color, right? And why, why they're not under that group? And it's really hard, right, with having a word and having the label. But one thing that this person brought up is that Latinx is actually a special culture, right? And that we are a culture that we're coming here and we, we are very adaptable. Right, and we're integrating, we integrate, we're much more open. And so I think in this same way, this conflict, I don't know if the conflict, right? It's like, um, I don't have like the specifics, uh, but it's like, whatever bias we have, I think we need to be unified, right? Yeah. We need to be helping each other uh, and we should welcome all of our cultures. Like whenever I'm traveling anywhere in Latin America, I, I, I feel, I, I tweeted about this the other day, as I, I said, like, I just feel so comfortable at home, even though I've been more time in the U.S. than I have mm -hmm. in Nicaragua, right? It's like, 
I feel great there, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes I'm in Puerto Rico, sometimes I'm in, San, in Santo Domingo, you know, sometimes uh, uh, Argentina, yeah. uh, Mexico, you know, it's like... You feel at home. I feel at home, right? Yeah. And so I think that we, if we're having those conflicts, we should express them, right? Or we should sometimes don't don't get frustrated about some of that bias, right? Yeah. And, and, and really focus on the goal, right? Which is the goal is we got to help us create a network, a community, find the mentors, get access to overcome the bigger cultural yeah. bias that it is, that we don't have access to be at that dance, right? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and we also have to stop being judgmental. I feel <laughs> like that's also very generational. I think the younger generations, we put that away, you know. You were we, calling me viejo. No. <laughs> okay. no. Wow. No, not at all. You In a live webinar. <laughs> live webinar. Viejo, diablo, viejo, everything. Seriously. That could, that's no, not true. No, no, not true. Okay. Uh, but, another question from Angel, though, yeah, was that how do we deal with false allies? <gasps> it's like when wow. they say they're helping, uh, as was it Angel? Maybe not. I don't know. Oh, he put it there. So, okay. um, thank you for that we, great question. That we have allies that want to help us, but they're false. How do we know that? Have you ever dealt with that? Tell me a story. Well, what's interesting is that I read this wonderful article and I forgot who the author was right now, but basically it talks about how a lot of companies have put in place chief diversity officers and all of these DNI efforts and metrics, but when it comes time to actually doing what they need to do, they don't. And so I feel like that's part right. of the bigger conversation is like, you're just yeah. doing this to make it look pretty for marketing purposes, but you're not really moving the needle. And so. I, I, and I think that's like when metrics come into play, like you can say you can hire, I don't know, this many like move the needle and have more representation by this how much but then what really matters is how long are these employees staying at your company mm -hmm. how much are they growing are, are they really having opportunities to make meaningful contributions or you just have them there entry level position. Uh, yeah uh, are they how are they being paid how uh you know compensation wise are you being fair to everyone right. so and i think like uh if there were more, more transparency about that, then you can really say like, okay, this company is putting their money where their mouth is, basically, right? Like you wanna, you you wanna make sure uh, that you are accountable for the things that you are saying, not just like saying them and then it sounds pretty. Everyone likes your, you know, inspirational tweet, and then nothing really happens. Right? I, and time you, will you, tell. Time will tell. We will see who is really doing the work and who's not because <laughs> the people will leave and sorry, but I, I'm, I'm being realistic here, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I think like if we want to bring it back to the question though, uh, luckily I don't, I don't think uh, I have, well, I don't know. I have to like think if I had a false, false alley, but I think like uh, if you're in a kind of like a one-on-one -on -one relationship, I think at some points it will be good to deliver feedback, right? Like, to come up to this person like, hey, you say you like to do this on this, but actually, like when I asked you for help on this, you didn't come through. Uh, and what happened? I mean, you never know, yeah, right? Like yeah. this person, but helping start that conversation, even when it's hard, I think it's important. Yeah, I, I so, <laughs> so I, 
I just met you today. Yes. We were we were having like a prep <laughs> okay, I'm meeting, in trouble. and then you said, "How do we going to fix uh, cultural bias?" And you're like, "We're gonna create a matrix, <laughs> and we're gonna have scores." I did say that. I and did it's say like, that. and the process will sort everything out. By the end of the prep, <laughs> you're like, "Let's just bring a sledgehammer and just break through the wall." And now you said we were talking about false allies, and, and the first thing you come up. with, Let's talk about those cheap diversity. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it's just like, it's, I no, tried no, it. you went there. No, you went there. No, but I, so, I think it's important, right? I but think- I was talking about, so this article, and maybe we can share it later, um, was great because- We should share it. We, we should share it. Because I think it <laughs> has sorry. wide implications, right? I'm not saying that's every company. There's, you know, some companies that have chief diversity officers that have done an amazing job in creating strategies and implementing the strategies, right? But we're starting now. So long-term longitudinal effects we'll get to see, right? But what I'm saying is that there's some that are using it and they're not using it completely. So it's kind of like structured to fail. We we have to have the the, the false allies is important, right? It's like, only a small percentage of companies will have a, a chief diversity officer. And, and sometimes we need to, it needs to pass the smell test, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a problem. It's a serious problem when we have executive sponsors of ERGs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we have- They're uh, never available. <laughs> so they're, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're never they're available. available. And you're you like, know. is that person in, in there, you know, like, um, uh, I, we have our ERG for, for, for Latinx at Drift. It's called Cambio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they asked me to be the executive sponsor, right? I have to be available. When in other companies, they don't even have an executive in, in, in the leadership They don't suite. have post, uh, buy-in. Yeah. That, but I'm saying they don't even have buy-in, but they don't have even a person that understands that group. Yeah. And it's like, I've seen it in many large companies, yeah, right? Yeah. So are those real allies or false allies, right? Do they really mean what they said? I mean, sometimes I have people supporting and some people say like, are we... Are we, are we, did we stop hiring white people at this company? That's like a serious statement, right? Yeah. So are there allies or not? I think that that's the, what the question was trying to get to. Right, yeah. And I think you just have to make people accountable. If you say, you know, you promised this and, you know, here's your employee and they, you know, worked really hard to, you know, complete the project or, or get X number of clients, and you didn't come through, that's going to show. Yeah. We have a, a great, how do you handle working in a culture that fosters people with the bias? Those people who have no idea what our stories are, but they feel entitled to judge us. How do you deal with being so different from those about, uh, about you, above you? Um, well, uh, I guess, I, I mean, uh, I'm not in an environment like that uh, right now, but I think uh, part of, uh, making sure people uh, understand your stories, you talking about your story, right? You sharing your background and you feeling comfortable with who you are, which uh, is not an easy task. It sounds easy, but it's actually not. Uh, and then finding allies at work, creating those connections. It starts small, right? You create a couple of friends and that keeps growing. And then soon enough, you have a support network at right. your work. There are places that are toxic enough where maybe you shouldn't be in those places. And then you can leverage communities like Latinas in Tech or Tequeria to find other opportunities, right? Like that's the power of a network, like being able right. to say, I, 
I need help right now, or where, where can I go next to, you know, move forward? Or go where the companies that want to hire. Yes. We are mm -hmm. inviting, you know, go climate drift. We're inviting you in this community yes. to come and join us where we want to guarantee you an invitation. We yeah. want to invite you to join companies like that to avoid that, right? Go yeah. go where we want it. Let's go there first, right? Yeah. And and then we'll we'll figure out how to do that, tell your story. And then also we have to focus on our results, right? Let's let's deliver, right? Let's let's, let's get clarity on what is our mission, what do they hire us for, what do they need us to what is the job to be done? And then smash those goals. Right? Exactly. And, and that's and what I wanted to us, say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, people from your <laughs> No, I, I agree with she, what you're she's saying. Interrupted. She's yeah. like, I'm interrupting you so much. So. I know, you're like, right. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, I know Latinos, we just talk some. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is, you know, people are going to, some people are going to judge you no matter what. They're, even if you share their your story, they have no way to understand. They have no way to even fathom what you went through, Right. And so it's kind of a deer in the headlights. So I think how we counteract that is exactly what you said. You just got to be excellent, you know, hit it out of the park. You People no are going to be like, wow. Right. Because there's some, some people judge you and they underestimate what you can do. Yeah. And when you go in there into that client meeting and you provide three pieces of advice that nobody could have even analyzed and everyone's like, oh, wow, that's right. We didn't think about this or that. They're going to see you in a different light. I, I think one of the areas, I was going to make a joke, but no, I'm not. <laughs> so I think, for example, what, what makes us different sometimes, right, is that uh, privilege is something that hurts us, right, because we don't have it. Mm -hmm. We didn't grow up with it in the way that people that were born here that are white, that have grown with it. It is the truth, and this is what needs to be said, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is that when when we're working at, at the companies, right, it's like, what is different about us? I think that the fact that the lack of privilege that we have is an advantage. I see this, I also, I, I sometimes associate the privilege with, negative, with, with a negative connotation I have, which is, you are you you were born and you expected to get something you didn't expect to work harder right you didn't you 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 thought you were going to get a promotion in three months you know i think that if we come and we show just like we did it in those jobs of picking the fruit and making the construction and running the restaurants and cleaning the dishes and cleaning the offices that same energy the same passion that we have if we bring that to the tech world and people will see oh she's she works way harder, gets the job done, cares more about it, and is not complaining. We should use the lack of privilege as an advantage. I mean, right? I think definitely that that lack of privilege uh, helps you grow another skill, which is extremely valuable, which is being resourceful. Uh, Scrappy, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, I oftentimes like I know. Oh, I, I don't really know how to do this, or I don't have access to this. But then my mind immediately goes to like, okay. I don't have the access to this right now, but I, I'm going to get it. And that I think like having that drive is definitely something that comes from the fact yeah. that you don't have that privilege, right? Like you don't take things for granted. 
we make each other as Latinos with the with the memes, with the you know, this is what it looks like in Cuba, this is what it looks like in Venezuela, and stuff like that. But that is actually part of our secret sauce, right? Those things makes us different. We bring that because we're competing globally. We're competing with China. We're competing with Europe. We're competing with India, right? And it's yeah. like we have to use. And bringing that to the United States is something that will help the United States be more successful. And, um, and I'll add one more quick thing there. You're quick. right. You know, <laughs> humble humility, being scrappy. I think that, you know, we're not, we're no strangers to hard work. Right. What does it look like in 10, 20 years, Latinx? Wow. Did we bridge the, the, the inequality, the, we, uh, the gap between Latinx and traditional wealth? I'm excited. I think that we are. Estamos rompiendo barreras. I have to the say. Sledgehammer, right? The sledgehammer. The <laughs> sledgehammer. Bring out the sledgehammer. Um, Forget the matrix. Yeah, yeah no matrix. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> matrixes, please. And we're building this foundation where other people can, you know, build off from. And I think that it's going to be great. We have to understand our own greatness and power. And you know, we got to go out there and vote. We have to go out there and vote with our money as well. You know, think about what companies are doing great work. Vote with that money too. Would you have the power with your feet where you go? Yeah, right. Where you go, what you use, what you eat, you know, where you buy from. So I think I'm very hopeful and I think it's going to be great. And, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be better. I think like in 10, 20 years, if we're having this conversation right now and the more we talk about this in 20, 20 years, I mean, we will have different challenges, but hopefully we have other kinds of challenges, you know? It's like we are in the door, we are dancing, and I don't know, maybe we want to get better at dancing, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the feedback. I will sign up. For uh, so, so I really think, uh, but it's up to all of us, right? It's yeah. not going to happen just like magically, we need to take ownership of our own like life, careers, uh, and be aware. Uh, I think being aware yeah. is very important. Thanks for listening to The American Dream. Let me know what you thought of this episode by tweeting me at Elias T. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a five-star review. Por favor. If you're looking for more leadership insights and stories like the ones you just heard, sign up for my series, The American Dream, at drift.com slash American-Dream. Every quarter, you'll learn how Drift is progressing towards our mission of remaking the face of corporate America. And you will get insights from amazing Latin American and entrepreneurs of color and leaders like Manny Medina of Outreach, Maria Martinez of Cisco, and many others, along with curated content news, events, and ideas delivered straight to your inbox. Muchas gracias, and don't forget to sign up.